You're listening to Let's Stay Together Anime Break, the sub-series of Let's Stay Together where we talk about the 2019 Anime Fruits Basket. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today, I say that every time, I sing it that way every time. <laughs> I noticed, I went back to listen to like the manga episode where we <laughs> talked about this content, and, and I said it exactly the same way in that one, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you need to change it up. It's fine. Anyway, we're listening, no, we're discussing t- uh, episode 21, which is called Never Back Down from a Wave Fight. <laughs> So intense. <laughs> Which is our surfing episode. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's our surfing Pikachu episode. Yeah. Have you ever even been near like a surfboard? Because I sure haven't. <laughs> I, I've I've touched one. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> With my fingers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't, I've I don't never placed ever my one. body on one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a surfing joke and then I realized I don't know any surfing terms, so <laughs> I've used like a boogie board. This is what happens when yeah. you grow up on the East Coast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the hang tan or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some curl something something, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have announcements. I guess I, I did. No, I lied. I have an announcement. <laughs> I'm still I'm still answering people's, uh, people's uh, comments and asking stuff. I answered a couple, but not all of them, so... It's everything's fine. Just hang in there. <laughs> Maybe this weekend. It's a long weekend here in North America. So yeah. yes, we'll be uh, celebrating our labors. I guess. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, I got an ad for like a a sale for like paper cups and stuff, and it's like everything you need for your Labor Day party. I was like, do people throw Labor Day parties? <laughs> I mean, I feel like people like maybe barbecue but i've never been like invited to a labor day party like a quote-unquote labor day party like i could see people saying like it's a long weekend you want to hang out but let's go like come to my labor day party oh it's the end of summer we should go for a picnic or something (laughs) yeah i've never i've never received a like you're invited to a labor day party e-card so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it's like, let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> you ever been to a Labor Day party? <laughs> but specifically that, not just like, let's all hang out because it's a long yeah, weekend. It had to have it's been called a Labor Day a party. A Labor Day party. <laughs> and I want to see the e-fight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do people even know what those are? That seems like such a like ancient, like early email internet type thing. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, you can send an e-card and it's animated. It'd yeah. be like two <laughs> two frames or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. Um, yeah, so anyway, send us your e-fights for Labor Day parties. <laughs> we'll yeah. quote-unquote be there. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about whatever I said, chapter, episode episode 21. And this, um, this episode covered chapter 29 of the manga, so it was only one chapter this time. Which we talked about in our episode 15, which was called My Weaknesses. But there's content from the manga that hasn't been an anime episode yet. So like if you like the if you haven't if you haven't want, read the manga yet or whatever, then maybe don't go back and listen to it. I don't know. I don't I think like probably anyway, whatever. If you're just listening to the anime episodes and you haven't read it read that part of the manga yet, then don't don't listen to it if you don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> but the um the kind of like the content from that chapter is about the same, so you could go and listen to that. Also, this was in the original anime, which is really interesting. I went back and watched that episode. I don't know if you have. You probably haven't watched it recently, have you? No. It was super weird. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> so most of the like anime episodes are fine. Like they're just standard early two thousands anime. But like this one is super weird and hilarious. There's like okay, so first of all, it has all this weird like camcorder effect, which is hilarious and probably. Mm-hmm. 
you wouldn't have anymore. <laughs> so there's a bunch of scenes with this like weird like fake camcorder effect. And there's like another girl who's like filming the scene where the two girls from the Prince Yuki Club ask Hana to if they want if they can go to her house. There's a cheer. So when they the the fan, Prince Yuki fan girls have that Prince Yuki fan club cheer. There's all these scenes where they're talking in the school and like in the front and in the background, like in the foreground, you can see this like Yuki shaped merchandise, which is really funny and not in the manga. <laughs> it's very strange. And there's a bunch of like creepy photos and they have his. There's like little, there's this box that you can see that has like little cut up squares in it. And there's a sign on it that says like the, the culture day dress. So I think they like cut up the dress that Yuki wore. <laughs> super weird. Like there's a whole, it's very, it's just like even more, like it's super, super bizarre. Like it's just over the top, more over the top than everything else in the rest of the 2001 anime, which is a lot of it is kind of like over the top on comedy, I feel like, mm-hmm. but it was very strange. So anyway, if you haven't, if you haven't watched that in a while... I recommend that you go back and watch them. I just thought it was weird and interesting. Like, the general plot line is kind of the same, but it has all these weird... The Prince Yuki fan club is really, like, amped up. The other thing that... The one thing that's kind of similar is that there's, like, a narration of the rules of the Prince Yuki fan club, and it's very similar to the one in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like... Like, to the point that the voice acting is kind of, like, the same. Like, it's a dude with, like, a deep voice. Like, it's very specific. Anyway, it's really interesting i just wanted to point that out so it's in the old anime and just to kind of like compare and contrast them it's got the like sort of creepy factor of the prince yuki fan club is really like amped up in the old anime and there's a bunch of weird like effects oh there's another weird effect that i that so like there's a lot of weird visual effects like the camcorder kind of style and there's also one where they when they leave the train station to go to hana's it's like filmed of people in a train station that's animated over it's really bizarre like there's stuff in that episode that isn't in any other episode of the anime like in, like there's stylistic choices that are made in that episode that weren't in any other part of the anime which i find really weird and interesting so i don't really have any other comments to say about that i just wanted to report back to you how strange that episode is it's really very bizarre like out of all of them i think it's kind of the weirdest one so but plot wise it's kind of the same <laughs> Anyway, for our new episode in 2019, we're starting over. <laughs> so the episode opens with a raven cawing, and we pan over this, like, I don't know. They call it, like, European style or whatever later, but it's, like, a Western-style graveyard. We see, like, crosses stuck in the ground at odd angles. Lightning flashes as we pan down on a large house that's surrounded by dead, scraggly trees. Motoko, the president of the Prince Yuki fan club, stands outside the double doors of the house, she opens them slowly and bats fly out, so she shields her face with her arm. And when she uncovers her face, she grimaces and then enters slowly but determinedly into this house. The door shut behind her like a horror movie, and so she squeals, but then she continues deeper into the house. She steps into an area that lights up suddenly. Candles surround her, and a magic circle is revealed on the floor. Motoko stands in the center. Thunder claps. Greetings, a voice calls. Motoko looks up as torches at the base of a nearby staircase blaze to life, and Hanajima, wearing a long black clo- cloak and a witch's hat, descends the stairs nearby, carrying a raven. I welcome you to the house at Evil Waves, she says, and the raven shuffles its wings and caws. Motoko <laughs> screams, tears streaming out of her face, and then she suddenly sits up in her own bed. It turns out that it was all a dream, of course. <laughs> she pants, and then we pan across her room and see that she has a photo of like Yuki on a shelf. And her mother or someone else from the house, somewhere in the house, yells, Motoko, why are you, what are you screaming about this early in the morning? Get up or you'll be late for school. 
She is a demon queen, Motoko says. And then we cut to the opening theme song. <laughs> <laughs> After the credits, we open at school. Toru and Uo notice the two the two of the Prince Yuki fangirls, uh, Kinoshita and Yamagishi, are talking to Hana. And Toru suggests that they become friends. And Uo's like, yeah, right. Doesn't she hate their type? So Uo and Toru come over to Hana after the two other girls leave, and they ask what's up. Hana says that they are writing an article about Denpa for the next school paper and asks if they could visit her house for it. And Uo wonders why they would be writing an article on that, and Hana's like, I'm not sure, but I certainly felt unpleasant waves. Toru and Uo seem concerned, and Uo asks if, if Hana agreed. Of course, she says. I never back down from a wave fight. And Uo's like, yes, that's what I'm talking about! Like, her fist pumped in the air, and Toru, like, sweats uncomfortably. <laughs> Uo asks if she can come to witness the spectacle of the girls coming to visit Hana's house, and Hana asks if Toru, Toru will be coming too. She says that she has to work, and then Kisa and Hiro are coming over later. Oh, I see, Hana says, looking a little bit forlorn. The bell rings, and so they head to class, and Toru looks concerned after Hana after Hana enters the school the, or enters the classroom. In another part of the school, from an empty classroom, Motoko observes as Yuki passes two girls in the courtyard um, in the middle of the school. The two girls look after him as he passes. Yuki is shining more brightly than usual today. Why is that? Is it the dignity of being sw- the next president exuding from him? No, no, it's something else. She swoons, eyes sparkling. It's the brilliance of a prince. Yuki's natural brilliance. The two girls, Kinoshita and Yamagishi, slide open the classroom door and announce that they've successfully gotten an invitation to the wave girl's house. And Motoko is ecstatic. Prince Yuki, first year representative Mio Yamagishi, second year representative Minami Kinoshita. Yes, they say, covering their hearts like one by one in order. <laughs> and me, third year representative Motoko Minagawa. The three of us will definitely succeed in our plan. And then with a spinning kind of like shining <laughs> animation, she finishes to get rid of Toru Honda. And you can see there's like a, like a little Toru that's going like, ah, in the background, which is really funny. <laughs> yes, the two other girls say. <laughs> so we transition to this scene. Girl after girl in a long row raises their arms in a salute, and there's a drum roll as we pan down the lines. Prepare for trope. No, just kidding. <laughs> it sounds almost exactly like the beginning of the um, Team Rocket theme song. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, we should put that music over top of that scene. Yeah, it sounds almost exactly like that, which is really funny. <laughs> At the end of the two lines, Yuki is shown in princely attire, including thigh high boots, as specified by the manga. <laughs> You can see when the, in the close-up that you can see his like thigh in the photo or in the scene. Gotta be accurate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you gotta retain that manga accuracy. Uh, he's sitting in a throne, resting his head on his hand, and a spotlight shines upon him. There are shoujo sparkles and roses all around as we zoom in, and then we hear like Ayame's like themed theme music. <laughs> it's the same one that they play behind Ayame a lot. <laughs> as a deep voice narrator explains, Prince Yuki. In a world where. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a world where Yuki is like a yame. <laughs> is Yuki Soma's fan club at Kaibara High School. Its membership includes over half the female students we see, or we hear, and we see a scene of Yuki uh, passing some swooning girls, and the narration continues. They're dedicated to praising, loving, and protecting the prince who has graced their school with his presence. In other words, don't secretly get too close to him, tramp. <laughs> and we see one girl grab another, and the three start to fight. The club's core principles are strictly enforced, the narration continues, and then we see the club's rules in the background, which I won't read this time, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Those who go against the, these principles, even non-members, will be painfully punished, or not. Back in the classroom, after that brief terrifying interlude, Motoko complains about the club letting all the Toru Honda's many offenses slide. What right does she have to smile by Yuki's side or accompany him to and from school? 
She even seems close to Yuki's relative, Motoko gripes, and then we see a scene of Kyotoru and Yuki leaving the locker area, and we see Motoko watching from behind. Toru Honda is a witch, she says, and then we see the three walking again, Toru smiles, and then it kind of like transitions to this evil smile, and, it, and Toru goes tee hee hee in Motoko's head. The three Yuki fangirls talk about how they have to protect their prince from falling in love with the witch. But the witch, they say, is under protection of a powerful demon queen, uh, who can control evil waves. Then we see Hanajima holding an eggplant with sticks in it, or fries, as we said in our earlier episode. <laughs> this time, it's arranged differently. It looks different. So I actually Googled it. And first of all, the results that I got were like, what is an eggplant emoji? Which was hilarious. <laughs> and then, <laughs> But it turns out it's actually a thing from Oban. So yes, good. You clicked on this link. I see. <laughs> So apparently during Oban, people make, um, they take cucumbers and eggplants and they put chopsticks in them to make little like legs so that it looks like a little animal. So cucumber is supposed to represent a horse and eggplant supposed to represent a cow so that your ancestors can use them to, to travel to our world, um, during o- Oban. So I don't know. I, that's, it appears to be the same thing. I still don't understand why she's holding it. I tried to Google if it's like some other thing, like, <laughs> Like, what I originally Googled was, like, eggplant black magic. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. So, the, I don't know, I, I get, maybe it's just supposed to be creepy or something? Like, I still don't know why you would, why that would be something that's associated with Hana mm-hmm. in this, like, image of her being, like, a demon overlord or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. the girls are like, right, those were strong evil waves. One of them is crying and the other one's looking kind of dead-eyed, remembering the time that Hana used her Dempa on them dur- after the or during the endurance run, if you remember, because they were being dicks to Toru in that one scene. Otani is a delinquent, but at least she's human. We stand a chance against her, the blonde one says. But Hanajima, she's not even human. Her powers are way stronger than a normal human's. That's true, Motoko says. But to get rid of the witch, they have to drive away the demon queen first, which is why the plan to infiltrate Hana's home must succeed. They need to find out what her weakness is at all costs. So three put their hands together and they cheer. Yes, Prince Yuki, go, go, which is great. So they did, they have a cheer, but it's a different cheer. (laughs) After school, the three girls and Hana leave a train station. Hana turns to them and they squeal and recoil, afraid that she's going to do something to them, I guess. We turn here, Hana says and points, and they're like, uh, okay. Matoko tries to make small talk and Hana simply turns and walks away. (laughs) We mustn't be afraid. Stay strong, Matoko tells the other girls. Right, but I wonder what kind of house Hanajima has, one says. I mean, I imagine it to be an old European building with graves surrounding it, under a constantly dark sky with overgrown vines all over. In her room there'd be a magic, a mysterious magic circle or fallen statues. She might even perform rituals there. Then we see the same scene repeated again from Otoko's dream. But at the end we pan up to a window in the house. Lightning flashes, making Hana clearly visible in the window. Motoko <laughs> and the other girls struggle to smile, um, and one asks what they should do if the Hana's house is actually like that. Motoko is like, we'll run away at the speed of light. <laughs> they arrive, uh, and it turns out that Hana's house, while large, is completely normal. So they all get ready to go inside. The battle starts now, Motoko says, and then we pan up to see a boy creeping out of the second story window as the Prince Yuki fangirls enter. Inside, Hana goes to make tea and tells them where her room is. Oh, she says, as they are about to leave, for your own sake, it's better not to say your name in this house. Why? they wonder. <laughs> Then we cut to Hana's room, which is also normal, albeit decorated with uh, perfectly matched purple and black decor. <laughs> I feel like everybody in the series has like perfectly decorated bedrooms, like everything matches. <laughs> they don't have like posters all, all over the wall like I had in high school, like I don't know. Yeah. 
They also complain about how scared they all are, and then Motoko tells them the need to use this chance to look for Hana's weakness. Motoko opens her closet to find all black attire. Find a weakness, find a weakness, the dark-haired girl says, and she opens a drawer to reveal all black makeup. Then we cut to the other pigtailed girl who says, find a weakness, find a weakness, and opens another drawer to find a shit ton of shoujo manga. And in the bottom right-hand corner, it's actually the three that books that are different are Shigure's book, Summer Colored Sai, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Matoko also finds more manga under the bed while she looks for looks around for more things. We need to find something, she says. A diary, a picture, or even a poem. A poem? Those are embarrassing, the girls say. Um, and then a note appears that says apparently they have personal experience, which is also really funny. In the background, while in that scene, like in that shot, you can see a photo of Uo, Toru, Hana, and Kyoko, which is really charming. Matoko mm-hmm. slides open another door to reveal the creepy boy from before, and then she slides it shut right away. At that moment, Hana arrives with tea and snacks, and Matoko freaks out, and is like, Hanajima-san, there's someone behind the door! Oh, is it Megumi, my little brother? I saw his shoes, so I'll, I know that he's home from school. And the, all the girls are like, she has a little brother? Because they obviously don't know anything about her. <laughs> Hana asks Megumi to come out and introduce himself. Welcome, he says quietly. <laughs> You're not Toru-san and Arisa-san. Are you new friends of Saki's? No, they're strangers that happen to go to the same school and be the same gender as me, Hana explains. The girls are like, is that sarcasm? <laughs> like, <laughs> They all sit around the table in Hana's room and enjoy what looks like delicious dango with red bean paste. And the conversation is quite strained. You look like your sister, Motoko manages to say. That's not true, Hana says. And they're all like, how is that not? (laughs) Of course they look the same. They ask if Megumi can use waves too, and he says, I don't have that power. And the girls all sigh with relief. The only power I have is to curse people. My specialty is to counter a countered curse. Pretty cool, huh? He says, and the fangirls turn white with fear. (laughs) He's a pretty strange kid, Hana says, and the fangirls are all think, like, you're one to talk. One of the girls asks how he curses people, and he explains that as long as he knows a person's name, he can easily put a curse on them. By the way, you haven't told me your names yet, he says. And the girls ignore him, of course, and stand up nervously and announce that they should be going soon. And one cries. It's like, I want to leave now. And Matoko and the other girl are like, we can't give up. Not until we find what her weakness is, even if we get cursed. Hanajima-senpai, do you have any weaknesses? The first-year rep asks (laughs) through her tears. (laughs) Of course I do, Hana says. And the girls are stunned. They run over happily, and they're like, what is it? What is it? I see, Hana says. The music gets super intense as Hana breaks the situation down. You girls must dislike that Yukisoma has become so close to Torukun, and you and you want Toru out of the picture, right? But I'm in your way. Are you afraid? Trying to figure out my weakness is a childish way to go about it. And the girls freak out after being figured out, and one is like, That's cheating! You're using your waves to read our minds! I'm not, Hana says. You're so obvious there's no need to. Megumi chimes in, too. <laughs> Motoko gets to the point and says that they hate Toru... And they ask Hana to tell her to keep her distance from Yuki. The whole time, Hana and Megumi just, like, calmly sip their tea well, during this whole conversation. They can do what they want, Hana says. Actions brought on by jealousy are simply ugly. The girls all protest, and they say they aren't jealous. They're just mad. What does she know about Yuki? That's what people call jealousy, Megumi says. And what do you know about Torukun? Hana asks. You disparage her so much I feel sorry for her. Over someone as trivial as Yuki Soma... To the fangirls, of course, them's fighting words. <laughs> they quiver with rage, and Motoko is like, Did you hear that? Did you hear what she said? I, we truly love Yuki, Motoko says. Do you understand how much Toru Honda's actions trample on our feelings? She acts as if she's the only one Yuki likes. Which may or may not be actually true, I think. <laughs> you mustn't assume that liking him gives you license to say whatever you want, Megumi says. You should think again if you believe that you can do whatever you want just because you, you like him. 
Don't forget that forcing your intense love on someone can burden them or hurt them. Don't forget to respect their feelings and be considerate of them, or else they might end up hating you. Minami-san. Mio-san. Motoko-san. We cut to outside Hana's house, and a little boy walks down the street singing a song about Mogeta and reading a manga, which I think is supposed to be the theme song from Mogeta, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three Yuki fangirls pop out of the house, and things kind of go inverse-colored in slow motion as they pass by the boy, and then we hear like a starting chime as if for like a race, and then they take off down the street as fast as possible. <laughs> There's just like a cloud of dust behind them and kind of like ghosty figures, I think. We cut back inside, and Megumi asks if he went too far, and Hana is like, no... Hana asks how he learned their names, and he explains that he heard them, and we see a scene of him watching them while she was making tea. I was actually a little jealous myself, Hana says, and she remembers Toru turning down her invitation to hang out earlier in the day. I feel like Torukun was being taken by the Somas and felt a little bit lonely, but you're right, I mustn't let that make me selfish. The doorbell rings, and it turns out it's Uo and Toru, and they ran into each other at the station. Megumi greets them, and Toru goes over to talk to him. Uo says that... Toru got permission to go into work a little bit later. Sounds like she was worried about you, Uo says, and Hana looks a little surprised. Toru asks Megumi if, if anything happened. He says it was fine. Hana thinks, watching them, when you cherish someone, there may be times when it gets hard or when you get lonely, but it also brings joy. Megumi smiles at Hana, who's smiling brightly. My weakness will always be Toru-kun. And we pan up outside of the house as the group agree to es- escort Toru to work, which is very sweet. My heart pounds, Megumi says, when I'm surrounded by older women. As I'm surrounded by older women. <laughs> you act nothing like a middle schooler, Uo says. <laughs> then we transition to another dream. Motoko struggles and then awakens um, in the magic circle from before. She can't move. Hana and Megumi appear, wearing cloaks, and loom over her. She asks what they're doing, but they simply walk around to opposite sides of the circle, and they hold out their hands above the circle. Dokas patsu, dokas patsu, yoji omare, yoji omare, they chant while Motoko protests. The scene spins and Motoko screams. She awakens again in her room and her mom tells her to stop screaming again. It's like exactly the same scene from before. <laughs> At school, the three fangirls walk down the hallway, looking exhausted, hunched over, saying last night was terrible and filled with nightmares for all of them. They wonder if they were cursed and they run into Toru and Hana. Conveniently, I guess. <laughs> Toru bows and greets them and Hana simply says good morning. We may have blundered and run off yesterday, Motoko says, while the other two panic, but the Prince Yuki Club will never yield to your group. Do as you like, Hana says, and they they start to walk off. Oh, she adds. The curse takes effect after three days, and all the girls scream and then turn to face her, and they're like, are we really cursed? And Hana is like, well, you'll find out in three days. And then she and Toru leave. We pan up on the school, um, and there's an adorable chibi conversation between Hana and Yuki, where she apologizes for insulting him earlier, and he's like, huh? And then she's like, you have it rough too now that I think about it. And he's like, huh? <laughs> and then we cut to credits. <laughs> Which is funny. Isn't that, at the end of the manga, that chapter of the manga is kind of like a little chibi scene too. There's like a scene mm-hmm. of the two of them together having that conversation, which is charming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. It was very, I think, a faithful adaptation. Certainly better than the weird like camcorder effect situation from the old anime, I think. Not that I don't love a good fake camcorder <laughs> animated version <laughs> anime version of a camcorder i can't get over it <laughs> so this episode it's a it's a it's a good adaptation i guess from the manga it's very much the same it feels a little bit weird to talk about it again because it's almost exactly the same we got to know a little bit more about hana i think this is actually the first time they actually named all of the characters in the prince yuki fan club like the girl motoko was there before and we talked about it in um in that episode it's the culture festival episode where she shows up Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think this is when they actually get all their names. Yeah. Um, but I mean, whatever. I didn't keep yeah. a secret this time. <laughs> yeah, I remember like wondering, we're like, have they actually used the term Yuki fan club before? But is that too? I think this is the first time they've actually used it. But I mean, it's pretty obvious he had like a a fan association at the school. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he had a bunch of admirers who asked him to wear the dress and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So this is the, and I think we mentioned it. We definitely mentioned it before because they're they're known to us, I guess. But so yeah, this is the. It's officially announced that there's a Prince Yuki fan club. We learned that they have a bunch of rules, but everybody has to follow them, even people mm-hmm. who aren't in the fan club. Mm-hmm. So, so like people like Toru who are close to Yuki, they they also suffer at the hands of the Prince Yuki fan club, I guess. Mm-hmm. It also said that like half of the school, half of the girls in the school are in the fan club, which is intense. Mm-hmm. We only saw, I think we only ever see like the three specific girls. I think they're the only ones that get like names. For sure. They, they're the only ones that get names. I guess there was like, there's a bunch of them standing around and like waving their arms to prevent people from taking photos of Yuki in the, in the mm-hmm. culture festival episode. But yeah. So anyway, I don't know. We officially met them and we learned about their deal, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is that they, they are quote-unquote protecting Yuki and preventing other preventing one single other girl I guess from getting super close to Yuki but obviously without his consent or mm-hmm. no even knowing about it so Megumi of course points out and wisely that that they're jealous of I guess losing that sort of uh, any anybody else having a privileged position with Yuki so mm-hmm. and they think that they have the right to kind of control that so they're trying to get close to Hana to figure out how to take out Hana so they can take out Toru I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah so we met so they went to Hana's house we got to see her house and we also got to meet her little brother whose name is Megumi um, and it seems like they're quite close like they seem to have a good relationship unlike mm-hmm. a lot of people with their families in Fruba yeah. <laughs> there's no strain in their relationship it seems yeah um, and then, yeah, and the girls commented they look alike, and Mahana was like, we look nothing alike, which is <laughs> funny. But it also turns out that uh, Megumi also has powers, but he doesn't have the ability to control waves like uh, Hana does. Mm-hmm. He can curse people, apparently. <laughs> and he to curse them, he just needs to know their name, which is why Hana, of course, told them not to talk, say their names or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I like I liked Megumi, and I like... He's an interesting... Um, I think we talked about this in the manga episode. Uh, we questioned whether and how much more he's like involved in the story, but I don't. I'm, I'm not sure if how much he'll be back or he'll be involved. But it's interesting uh, that he's he's kind of like added in it all. Like it's nice in Fruits Basket because there are a lot of characters, but they all kind of get there. Like I don't know. It seems like a real kind of like friend group or group of people that know each other like there's some people who know each other better than others and there's some people who like like Toru and Uo know Megumi and mm-hmm. he's here in this part of the story but they don't obviously like they don't seem to know him like that well so it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. it's interesting the way re- different types of relationships are represented in First Basket so we yeah. have to see that here mm-hmm. Hana's one of the few like main characters with a sibling in this series that's true <laughs> That's true. Most of them mm-hmm. don't have siblings. Mm-hmm. Yuki does, but I don't think anyone else does. Toru doesn't. Kyo doesn't. Uo doesn't. <laughs> Not in my AU self-insert fanfic they don't. I mean. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is it just Yami and Yuki? There's an episode, one of our manga episodes, where you did a, we did a whole like discussion about the different like 
how uh, about kind of like families and parents and siblings in the mm-hmm. in the zodiac but yeah. even like it's not like uo has siblings or whatever either mm-hmm. yeah and i guess like we surmised in that that of, like if you have a zodiac child as your first child like maybe you don't want to yeah. have another child like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting that yuki that ayame has yuki as a brother for example because most of the all the zodiac that we meet yeah. don't have other siblings yeah and there's no meiji but that's a complicated uh... Right. So. Yes, that's right. Sort of. It's like he doesn't have a sibling. Yeah. He technically has a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting that Somegumi and Hana have this nice, a close relationship when Hana. It's interesting that Megumi. <laughs> so Megumi is like, oh, so both Toru and Megumi were like, oh, maybe Hana has new friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I like how Hanajima is just like, it, they go to the same school as me, the same gender, but we're not friends, which is yeah. <laughs> true and hilarious. Um, it and it's so I guess it kind of implies that maybe Hana. I mean, we've seen so far that like it seems like Toru and Uo and Hana really, as far as friends go, they kind of just have each other. Like it's not mm-hmm. like they have a big friend group. Yeah. So. Yeah, like Uo seems the type to have like casual acquaintances with a lot of people, like. We've seen scenes where she just like you know we'll talk to people and like when she's just like hey who's going bowling with me in that one mm-hmm. manga chapter, mm-hmm. um, and Toru's got you know her friends in the somas now but seem to not really have much before then other than uh, Uo and Hana. Yeah, and I I think in an earlier episode I said that like before rereading this again I was always kind of under the impression that they were just like normal kids and we just like focus on their the three of them but they might have other relationships but it seems like they really don't have that many other kind of like relationships with other people at school mm-hmm. and in fact Toru was like bullied so yeah and people are afraid of Uo and then Hana is kind of socially isolated because of her like wave powers mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so all three of them they kind of only have each other I guess for good friends yeah. until the Somas come along yeah kind of nice that you know Hana has seems to have like a pretty normal home and family life. Mm-hmm. It's like that you'd expect that kind of character to have some like more dark and troubled home life kind of thing. Just like when you see those kind of characters usually, but we're always saying she's got you know normal house with a brother that she gets along with so far. And <laughs> yeah, I would classify that as a normal sibling relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. And we, we haven't I... seen her parents, but there's no indication that it's. Oh, we did see them all sitting together. Oh, yeah, we saw them. Yeah. A glimpse of them there. They were drawn, like, completely still. But, yes, we saw them. (laughs) They (laughs) They seem fine. Yeah, they exist. Um, It's interesting. I think we also talked about this in the earlier Monk episode or some point when we talked about Hana. I can't remember which point. One of the episodes we talked about Hana, I think we talked about how she has... She also has, like, supernatural kind of powers... And the only other people that we see in the in the series that have that are the Somas. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, of course, they all have terrible relationships, or most of them have really bad relationships with their family or their yeah. parents, specifically, or whatever. So it's kind of nice that Hana doesn't seem to. Like, she has a... Even Yuki has a very strange relationship with his brother, even though, like, they're both cursed mm-hmm. and they're both... They're related, but, um, you know, like, Hana has a nice... A good relationship. Seems to have a good relationship with her brother. So it's kind of a little bit of a contrast with some of the other somas with the other characters in series that have like a supernatural situation that they're dealing with so that was nice yeah 
I feel like um, this episode kind of always feels to me like filler content, like every time we see it. But we still like we learned about things that are going on. Like we got Hana's perspective on what's going on with Toru. Like she says she's jealous that the Somas are kind of like taking up a lot of her time or whatever. And then, of course, we learned about her brother and a little bit more about her. But it's a lot of just like focus on the Frenchiki fan club shenanigans. So, yeah, it's not super in-depth, but. I mean, I think, like, there's a couple of, like, kind of, I don't know, like, emotional themes, like, not being, um, you know, being happy for your friends and not being jealous of other people or whatever, not pushing your feelings onto other people. But I wonder if there's, like, mm. so it's, so we got, I don't know, it's not really, I don't think anything that happened in this contributes to the overall kind of, like, main plot, I guess, which I guess is why it feels like filler content specifically, mm-hmm. but... Um, is there anything that we can say about the difference between... Are there any differences between the manga and the anime? Like, I'm trying to think if there's something... Nothing stood out to me as being super different. One thing I noticed is that in the manga, when Toru Saiyan, she used to, like, hang out with, like, Kisa afterwards. She, like, stops herself in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, disguises what she's doing or whatever. And this time she's just like, oh, Kisa and Hiro are coming over later. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure the meaning of that. It's just supposed to be... Like, it happens a little later in the timeline, I guess, maybe. I guess. But... In the original anime, she just said, I have to work. But she doesn't mm-hmm. even mention Hiro and Kisa. So. Because yeah. the manga chapter happened um, after meeting Kisa, but before meeting Hiro. Right. Yeah, she thinks she just says, so... I have to go. I don't know. It's definitely, like, I, when we first read that chapter, I was like, why is Hana reacting like that? And then later she's like, oh, I was jealous. So I think like when you mm-hmm. when she actually takes the time, when Toru takes the time to say it, and then Hana acts mm-hmm. like that, it's a little bit clearer that she's jealous up front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it was just me, but I, I felt like when I read it, I was like, oh, that's why she, that's why that, there's like a panel of her and she doesn't say anything, I think. And then it's like, she says, I see or something. And I was yeah. like, weird. Why is there so much attention to that response? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, then, then yeah. it's well, I got what later. it was going for. I was just like, I think I, at the time, I wasn't even sure why Toru was trying to, like, hide that. Yeah, it is weird. Doing, but, yeah. I mean, I guess she might feel like, she might feel like Hana might know, get she... jealous, but. Yeah, so or... it's like, I don't know if, like, at the time, she was, like, still trying to, like, hide some of her Soma relationships or whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because, like. Well, I mean, I definitely think, like, it's a... Uh, if someone invites you to something, <laughs> I, I feel like it it would be more natural for, like, a Japanese person to want to indirectly turn you down. So, I mean, maybe she just didn't want to say exactly what she was doing, regardless. But it doesn't seem like something Toru would do. Yeah. Plus, she was already saying, like, I have to go to work and I have to do this other thing. Yeah, so. just say you have to go to work. <laughs> just said, I have to go to work. But, yeah. yeah. I guess she has to say something similar. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah so, I I don't know <laughs> it's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but I mean at least in the anime she described she said clearly what yeah. she was doing instead of cutting herself off so yeah I don't know if there's any specific motivation for her not to do that or to do that but mm-hmm. then it's it's definitely clear that she's upset Hana's upset already from the get go so yeah and this is more of a question mm-hmm. um, I can't remember if this was in the manga or not but at one point Matoka says something about like. Other like unpredictable senpai had graduated, and now the she was thinking the club could like go how she wanted. Mm-hmm. Who the heck is she talking about? I don't know. She's just talking about so like Matoko's in third specific, year. Yeah, but like was that a specific person? Was there any reference to a 
And what did they mean by unpredictable? It just seemed like a really weird line. It's a weird line, but that line is in the manga. I remember reading that yeah, too. Yeah, I couldn't being remember like, right. if it was in there or not. But... I don't know if they're referring... I don't know. Motoko's not... There's no specific person that's ever pointed to as like the the like senpai before Motoko, if that's what yeah. you're asking. I yeah, guess I it just could couldn't be... remember if there was like something in the... No, Motoko... So like in the, in the manga, Motoko like shows up in this part, in this part of the story. So in the anime, they like had her show up earlier, like at the mm-hmm. student at the culture festival. But she doesn't like show up as a character until this time. I think in the story, in the mm-hmm. in the manga, so she's introduced at this time. So I guess she's just referring. There's like gener- two or three like generic girls that bring Yuki the dress at the culture festival. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the senpai that she's referring to. Yeah, I understand in in general who she would be referring okay. to. Okay, <laughs> but there's no specific person. Closer. Yeah, it's just. It's like a really specific line to not refer to a specific person. So. I guess she's just saying, like, now that I'm in charge, things can be different or whatever. Mm-hmm. She has, she says in the manga, like, oh, our senpai wouldn't enforce the rules before or whatever. Or, like, yeah. our senpai who wouldn't enforce the rules are gone. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah see, that weird. would make more sense to me because that seems like a more vague line. Like, it's just like, it's just like, oh, they weren't, you know, doing it right before. But, like, unpredictable makes it seem like they were doing, like, weird things before. <laughs> so, Yeah, well... I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just translated differently. I think so. Probably just like mm-hmm. the wording is translated differently or something. Yeah. Unpredictable and not enforcing the <laughs> the rules. <laughs> it's kind of a weird choice though. Yeah. Because like, yeah, I didn't even notice it as like a weird line when we read the manga because it doesn't, that doesn't strike me as weird. Just saying like, yeah. oh, the previous club leader who didn't like keep things in line, but didn't give now a shit. things are different, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Unpredictable. Like, just caught my attention. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Perhaps. It's probably just a weird translation. Yeah. And I was trying to remember if they, like, added in, uh, like, character to the previous, like, Yuki Club-esque no. scenes or something. But I was like, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure that Motoko there, so. They focused on Motoko in the scene earlier in the anime. And then, yeah. but I can't remember who brought him the dress. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was her. But she was definitely there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's weird. Because mm-hmm. they have passed a, a school year since the beginning, since we had uh, mm-hmm. Lomiji and Haru starting at their school. Yeah, I always find that so crazy how, like, the first... It feels like the first year of school, like, goes so fast. Mm-hmm. I think they're, like, halfway through it when it starts, so... Yeah, because it's September, so... Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have that much to say about it. I mean, like, it was it was good... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that much more to say. I mean, I think we can go talk about spoilers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed the, like, weird Motoko's dreams. That was funny. The ravens cawing. So intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also liked, I feel like the... So, like, in general, in the original 2001 anime, I feel like all the comedy element is kind of, like, overdone. So in this one, and that episode in particular, is, like, really over the top. This episode of this... Of the manga I felt or this uh, this episode of the anime of this season of the anime is like it's nice and it's funny but it's like not super crazy which is <laughs> which is good so I don't know I think the comedy elements are well done mm-hmm. yeah okay cool next time we'll be talking about episode 22 which is called because I was happy <laughs> no <laughs> Actually, I guess the next time we'll be talking about manga. Every time I think about... Eh, whatever. Next anime break, we'll be talking about episode 22. We're getting very close to the yeah. end of the season. There's going to be... After next week, there's going to be three episodes left. 
You can find us at staytogetherpodcast.com, staytogetherpodcast on Tumblr, staytogetherpod on Twitter. You can email us. Um, you can leave ratings and reviews or whatever. You can listen to us in all the places. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. to talk about spoilers woo. woo yeah you just pointed something out to me <laughs> that i didn't pick up on at all which is that <laughs> part of these uh part of this episode came from some later chapters mm-hmm. yeah there's uh the bits with uh matoko like getting yelled at for <laughs> screaming <Pining>. scream pining <laughs> by her mom and, and some of her like narration about like yuki's like princely demeanor or whatever from uh, from a later chapter a later matoko chapter mm. uh it's from the, the most one where recent one that we read. Yeah, the one where they're trying to figure out if there's going to be girls in the student council with Yuki. How dare there be other girls yeah. anywhere around Yuki, within a 50-foot radius of Yuki. <laughs> it's um, chapter 42. So yeah, there's some content from that chapter as well, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah I just like it totally slipped my mind, basically, because we just read it. I was like, yep, that definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And we got to Matuka's floral room, too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and her, like, awkward photo of Yuki on yeah. the shelf. Yeah, when she was first waking up, I was like, there better be some flower print in this room. And then it panned out, and I was like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want continuity, damn it. <laughs> she also, I like that she woke up with her, like, um, hair, what are those things called? I almost called it a hairnet, but, like, the thing, mm. a, a <laughs> bonnet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a nightcap, question mark? A- I don't know. Isn't nightcap the one that's pointy? <laughs> thought a nightcap was a drink before you went to bed. I think it's both. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Maybe I imagine that. A cap worn in bed. <laughs> and then an alcoholic drink before going to bed. Yes, I I assert that it's a, a nightcap <laughs> that she's wearing. <laughs> Maybe there's a term for the fact that like animation tends to like hold on to things that like aren't a thing anymore. It's like these yeah, lots of things where it's like, I've never actually seen that in real life, but I grew up seeing in cartoons. <laughs> it's not really like an anachronism, but it like kind of is. Yeah. Because like even like, like when people draw a TV in a cartoon nowadays, a lot of times they still have rabbit ears. And Yeah. Or like whenever I draw like a phone, that. I don't draw a cell phone. I draw a phone with like two mm-hmm. like things, like this phone icon in our thing that we're using to record. It's like sure. a thing with little two, like a mouthpiece and an earpiece. Yeah. Well, I think that's We definitely don't have thing, those anymore. Because like, that's like uh just like iconography that hangs out like the save button yeah there's a stupid save yeah we Um, were just talking about that (laughs) yeah but uh it's just like i don't know like animation in particular seems to hang on to things yeah i don't know yeah you never see even like a character in like um like a sitcom wearing a nightcap yeah like because i don't know i bet there's a tv tropes for it regardless (laughs) if there's a specific word anyway yes so you're right the scenes (laughs) I just completely forgot that those are from a later chapter. I was like, oh, this is a natural way, of course. Of course she's waking up from this nightmare. Um, but yeah. And then I guess the only, like, spoiler spoiler is that there's, of course, there's going to be more times. There's the, like we just talked about, the stuff that happens in chapter 42. Like, Mutoko is introduced as a character here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get more information about her later. Yep. And I guess next time is going to be Hana in middle school. So... Because uh, I was like, what is that quote from? It seems really familiar. And then I ended up looking at um, the promo picture out for the next episode, which is coming out tomorrow. 
so I guess it's the and it's photos of, or it's like scenes of her in middle school Hugo. so I was kind of like so we haven't talked about that yet which is interesting mm-hmm. we're gonna we're reading that this week <laughs> so our next <laughs> again like our next uh next our episodes are going to be covering the same content again next week (laughs) (laughs) those bastards i mean (laughs) but this time we haven't even read it yet (laughs) yeah i know well soon we're going to go back to in probably an an episode or so we're going to go back to hopefully go back to the true form stuff so yeah and then the season will be over and And then a while to read and get ahead of it (laughs) hopefully yes unless they pull from way ahead (laughs) (laughs) it's like something completely random yeah. At this point, you never I mean, know. It's going to start getting more linear Events? timeline intensive, so I don't think they'll be as able to pull as much around. Yeah. I was pleased that we predicted like what they were going to do, because we talked about how they were going to fill out the rest of the episodes when they were talking about... We were looking at Uo's episodes. So I was mm-hmm. like, maybe they'll add another one of Hana later, like we talked about. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. We were right. We predicted the future. We used Parrot Fortune Telling <laughs> to predict these episodes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a little card from the box. And they yes. told us what episodes we're going to And we gave every it a week, sunflower seed. Every <laughs> week for this episode, I feel like we learned something new. Like this time I learned about the sticking the chopsticks in the eggplant. <laughs> yeah. So I guess maybe next time it's going to be when Tor catches a cold. And then the true form. That's That would be three episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next next time, I guess. Next time is with Hana. But... Who knows? Parrot, tell us what it's going to be. <laughs> Because basically everything that we talked about is almost almost all of it's already been covered. It's just like the scene, the or the chapter where they buy Toro a bathing suit, and then the haunted house, and then the student council stuff that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. This oh, and then some of the later stuff with Yuki and Ayame, and then when everyone's freaking out, the laundry, the laundry metaphor one, <laughs> those we haven't talked about yet. Maybe they'll come back and just like kick off a student council. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Be like yes. <laughs> and like there's not a lot of other than like Rin and Kareno there's they've already introduced all the characters and the student council they've already introduced all the characters yeah and they're um those introductions aren't like one off things either like they're no introduced as like part of plot stuff going on yeah I mean, like technically he- Kareno gets introduced as like his meet cute with Uo but it does he, he doesn't does. like fully get introduced until like the middle of the beach arc so yeah yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up next time. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Rin gets introduced like across many chapters in her little tangled mess that she's in. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, she's in the hospital. Oh, she's doing some mysterious thing that has to do with Shigari. And it's like, yeah. oh, she's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a horse. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of her deal. She shows up as a... Uh, so you know, being mysterious for like many many chapters. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think it's funny when she first shows up in like horse form and Yuki's just kind of like Rin, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm trying to be friends. <laughs> Rin's like, next time I'll be deadly serious. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? My brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our Scott Pilgrim star cast podcast yeah. kicks off now. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't have any other spoilers or any other Rocky Richter things to talk about, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so next time we'll talk about Hana's, we'll get Hana's backstory, so we'll jump. I mean, I guess 
in the manga we're talking about Hana's backstory and Kareno and Uo's meet cute as you said which is coming up mm-hmm. so <laughs> which is gonna be great it's just like her and Toru's meet cute <laughs> yeah there's lots of meet cutes in this series since they can they can all be shipped right so <laughs> yeah some are some are meat traumas but there's a lot of meat cutes <laughs> <laughs> Whose would you describe as a meat trauma? <laughs> uh, Toru and Akito. <laughs> okay, yeah. Most, pe- yes. most people in Akito. <laughs> Akito. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the other spoilers. <laughs> I, I want I want the Rin episodes to come out so that we can like just put some of. What's her face's dialogue to her? Roxy Richter. Yeah. <laughs> I just really want a video of her saying, I'm a little bi furious now. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have, there's probably several characters, but I was going to say, if there's any character in Fruits Basket I would describe as bi furious, it would be Rin, but I think there's probably several you could use that for. <laughs> I bet Uo's a little bi furious. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in her youth. In her gang yeah. youth. <laughs>